Hey there, this is Jessica Dickerson, and you are listening to The Dreamer's Outlet, inspiring creativity, compassion, and community, recorded and produced by MCR Podcasts. Hey, Dreamers, welcome back to season three of The Dreamer's Outlet. I am so excited to have a really great show planned for you today. We have Alicia Bachelor, who is just a cosmic goddess that I was so delighted to cross paths with a little while ago at an event. She was there um, doing some card readings and I am very particular, very, very particular about who plays with my energy or whose who's energy I kind of come in contact with. And I, I've never really paid anybody or, you know, sat down with anybody to have a card reading, but there was a long line for her attention. And as I was waiting in line with some friends, I kept just like, just watching what she was doing and also watching the faces of my friends as they got up from having a reading from her and how in energized and enthused they were. And I was like, Oh, my goodness, I think I want to sit down and, and talk to her. So I did it was the first time I've ever done that. And it was such a life-giving experience that I had to connect with her again over um, Instagram. And I'll tell you a little bit more about our consultation or our conversation then. But I want to introduce Alicia Batchelor, um, who is a sacred life practitioner and a healing artist. And she's here with us on the phone. Hey, Alicia. Hi, how are you? Oh, I'm so happy that you're here. I'm so happy to be having this conversation. And I am really excited that we get to share some of your beautiful energy and wisdom and your spirit with the people who listen to the Dreamers Outlet. Because like I said, it, it, you have really a very like a life-giving energy. And I it caught my attention immediately. And I've really enjoyed the ways that we've interacted in, um, just most recently. And so um, thank you for being here. Thank you. Yes. I appreciate you asking me to be on the show. Yes. So, okay, wanna, I, will you tell us a little bit more about, well, some of your general background. I know that you um, you studied psychology, actually. I did. Yes. And and. Yes, yeah, how did that lead into the spiritual consultation? Like, how's that relate? So some of my very beginning um, teaching with the occult is what at the time I would be calling it, really came from um, parapsychology and really looking into what ESP was and all of these different gifts that my very early on like teachers would talk about, even as far back as high school. And I began to play around with the computer and looking into all of the different religions all over the world and looking at you know, metaphysics and really choosing to study sociology. Um, but I came into psychology because instead of looking at the group dynamics of the mind and the heart and religion and spirituality and how just all of this weaves together in my mind, so beautifully, mm-hmm. I decided to study the individual because it seems that all of the chaos that I had kind of saw that the world was digesting and really regurgitating back out, that that was coming from the individual first. And it seems like the individuals get together in these groups and then these groups go forward and create 
either are really very grounded in spirituality or seems to be more grounded in something else. And I was immediately inspired into to taking action to bring us back into a space where, you know, you're using the word life-giving, right? Yeah. And that was what the entirety of my, of really what all of what I was exploring in those early years was about, was how can I find the source of what made us all pick? Mm, yeah. Wow. So, so mm-hmm. So psychology gave me that um, that insight, but then it was studies into um, different rea- realities of spirituality and the occult and different practices into like divination and the realms that people in our subconscious mind we explore. So dream work and shamanic trips and things of that sort. It really got me to thinking: How can I bring? that notion into the world of psychology in a way that didn't have any um, parameters for me to really have to box myself into. So I decided to start my own practice where I could utilize the occult, the spirituality as a springboard to other people's psychology. Wow. That is so badass, first of all. (laughs) It's amazing. But I, I'm actually kind of connecting some dots, too, of just my own experience with you, because what led me to reach out to you after getting that beautiful reading that I got from you at the event was because I felt like I could trust you, first of all, which was which is a big piece for me. But also, it's almost like I had all these questions about my experience with almost like these spiritual gifts but but I also there was there was a little psychology piece to it because it's driving me crazy that I don't know what it is and how to work it and and how to how to kind of expand and and or use my gifts and and channel and nurture them so I needed someone who could almost like hold that space that a psychologist could hold and like, you're not crazy. You're okay. We're going to walk you through this. But I also somebody who would understand these things that are of other realms. Right. And, and traditional psychology doesn't go that far. Right. So what a cool, I mean, what a cool thing, because I really feel that when we spoke that, that you held that space, both of those spaces need to be kind of like addressed. And I felt you did that really well for me. So that's cool. I want to kind of share um, with our listeners that you, so you offer all kinds of sessions, right? Tarot car, tarot mm-hmm. counseling, which I think is kind of, is, that must be what you and I did, right? Yes, it is. Tarot counseling, which wow, I didn't know that was a thing. And it was exactly what I needed in that moment. Um, You also do Reiki rituals, altar creations, you do guided meditation and, and journeys, intuitive development. Tell me a little bit more about altar creations. I'm I'm intrigued. So altar creations is pretty much exactly what it is you're hearing me say, but I am really tailoring those creations to any space. So Mm -hmm. A sacred space is a space that is extended outside of the body. It is also our body. So when we're talking about like sitting down at an altar, it's a space that we sit down at, we make it sacred, we bring in the elements, we bring in the intentions or the energy that we want to work with or that we want to honor. 
And okay. so to create an altar in one's house, to create mm-hmm. an altar in one's car, to create an altar in one's office space, bringing the sacred into everyday spaces and everyday life is really what that altar creation is. It could be as simple as grabbing four or five tools that are significant and spiritual meaning to you that raise your vibration, that focus your intentions and your mind. Or it could be creating an elaborate tapestry where you light candles every single day and you burn sage and you purify yeah. that space. You call in spiritual angels and guides. So it really is whatever you're needing, but it's about creating a sacred space. Yeah, I love that. I actually, so I lived in Mexico for eight years and um, the practice of creating an altar, especially during the, the time of year for Day of the Dead, um, Dia de los Muertos, they, that's, that's a beautiful tradition that I learned there and practiced there and saw how beautiful it was. And I think I've sort of adapted that and brought it into my daily life here. I like that, that you can help guide people through kind of collecting the things that would, would, um, like you said, elevate their vibrations and help them feel connected to that space and almost like a portal to the spiritual realm that you want to invite into that space. Um, that's really cool. I wanted to also, so, so you call what you do or you call yourself a sacred life practitioner and a healing artist. And so I kind of want to just get you to expand on what each of those mean and how they work together for you. Absolutely. So starting with the sacred life, right? Mm -hmm. We live a life. All of us are living this life experience. And we all have different notions of what this life experience is. Maybe none of us has a definitive answer. But one thing that I have noticed is that when it comes to the natural world and when it comes to things that we hold precious to us, we tend to give it a little bit more care, a little bit more thought. And the things that we care about and the things that we give a little bit more thought towards, they tend to be cultivated and fostered and live and sometimes even outlive our lives. The things that we see as resources that can be eaten up, things that can be thrown away, Mm -hmm. we tend not to covet these things with the same energy. And so it's very important for me that I let everyone know just through the emotion of my practices every day that this is a sacred life. Every single thing that we do in every single moment is sacred. And so we should be in honor and we should be covering each of these things that we do with all of our intention and our love. And so that we're not seeing certain parts of our life with certain people as thoroughly options or optional. So the sacred life practitioners is all of the things that I got from different spiritual practices Mm -hmm. that I did that weaves into my own life experiences. Um, This was yoga. In the beginning, I was only practicing yoga as asanas, postures, and then also doing some meditation. It became a larger practice of meditation. It went on into understanding manifestation and the laws of attraction. I then joined the group where we worked with spiritual ancient deities nine of them, we follow the astrological cycles, we begin to look at the sun and the moon and realize that nature and our lives are intimate and that these things are sacred. These things should be held in close covering and these things should be held as something we love and we cultivate to tend towards. Now, if I just call myself a holistic life practitioner, um, sometimes that's just mind, body, soul. There's still a a sense of mechanics that go around that. The sacred life is realizing that we can bring sacredness to anything in our lives. 
I love that. That's so it's just beautiful, but also refreshing. And um, it feels a little redemptive for me as well. And because when when you and I had our consultation, I, I, I talked to you a little bit about how I, I, I think I used the words, I, I'm a survivor of the church, right? And so a lot of these gifts that are typically um, represented in the church as prophecy and dreams and interpretation, I feel like I, I could understand what those are. And I'm, and I find myself being able to do these things. And those were the words that I had at the time, but, but also looking to find a new identity. And so this practice that you give us, um, or this, this mind frame that you're really encouraging everyone to embrace of holding everything here as sacred it does. It feels sort of redemptive. It feels like, yes, it, in the day-to-day, -day, the things that we're doing day-to-day -day can absolutely be sacred. And and when we treat them as sacred and when we really honor these day-to-day -day encounters as sacred experiences, how does that change the way we walk through this world? Yeah, they offer us with a lot of, you know, you in best you sow what it is you want to reap and so it really allows us to take care of our earth it allows us to take care of our bodies it allows us to take care of our things yeah. and it allows us to take care of each other and by being able to see things as sacred and as something to honor and not something to throw away we really allow ourselves um to be present with everything and the more mindful and the more careful we are with the things that we have and the things that we do, the more intention is imbued in these things. And when we are living intentionally, we can inspire ourselves and we can inspire, uh, inspire other people. We're not just living, you know, on automatic hyperdrive. We really nestle ourselves into that honoring process. And that is healing. And that's yeah. why healing artists became the second title for myself and the practices that I do offer people and use myself mm -hmm. because I noticed that carrying myself this way invited other people to do the same thing, carrying myself in this way, practicing these very sacred practices, they allowed me to heal these very deep parts of myself that otherwise felt extremely separate. Um, disseminated and sometimes chaotic and it is an art form you know healing doesn't have to be something that is extremely black and white it doesn't have to be one way or another it can be a process of creation and art can come out of it the tools that I use the tarot deck the oracle deck um the laying on of hand practices the reiki these are art forms mm -hmm. these are ways that we actually take the energy of life the energy of a soul the energy of a person and we make something new with it oh my goodness i just love everything you said i don't even think i have anything to follow that up with like mic drop morales and i are making eyes at each other like and holding our chests. like your words just are so healing really and and it and it's again I don't know you're giving words to things that I think that I have sort of innately tried to 
try to, I don't know, manifest for my own life. Um, this podcast is exactly that. It was almost like I needed a creative outlet to be able to process my own healing and to also encourage a, like a higher level of healing and then to share that with whoever wants to listen. Right. Um, and I, when we started it, I was always like, I don't care if anybody listens to my podcast. I just need to get it out. And this was, um, this was a way that I could do that. Morella saw that and we put it together, but, um, you just spoke exactly just, I don't know, everything I've been feeling that art can do. And so you're, you're using art and your creativity to heal, but you're also, your creativity is healing you and the world and, and the authenticity with which you share that with other people. We should mention your Instagram, Alicia underscore bachelor. That's A-L-E-S-I-A underscore bachelor. That's your Instagram. You have you always have encouraging and uplifting and spiritual and thought provoking too. You're, you're, you really do challenge, um, thinking on your Instagram. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about what you have going on on your Instagram? Absolutely. So I always used to say <laughs> all of these iterations of social media have just become, um, these, these journals for my soul. So it started back yeah. in the day with MySpace. And I remember people used to say there was a certain ambiance in my MySpace that felt very therapeutic for them, cathartic. Mm-hmm. When I um, transferred MySpace to Facebook, people would say, I feel like I'm, you know, going to church or doing therapy just by reading your, you know, your social media posts. And so I went back and forth with like, you know, trying to create a platform where I charge for that inspiration or I went back and forth with trying to create an outlet where I could maybe text people these things personally. Um, so Instagram came out while I was in the throes of those things, and it really became a streamline for me to put a picture if people preferred something small but consumable just really quick or if someone wanted to actually indulge in the words and the poetry and really wanted to look at the practices and take the practice and maybe practice with it for a week, Instagram just became my highlight reel for being able to say the soul is going on a journey. I'm going on this journey. I'm sure a lot of us are going on the same journey in our own ways. Here's just my musing. Here are my healing truth. Here are the things that I've been exploring and looking up and discovering, and I just want to freely share it with you. And so I get feedback, you know, and I'm, I'm very grateful for the feedback that you've gotten given me here today. Yay. And I just continue to do it because it yeah. does nourish me to be in that process of sharing, but then I do get the feedback and people are very um, encouraging around it. That's cool. So it's really like, it's your outlet, really. You, you you process through through you, your Instagram. It's you should definitely check it out, you guys, because anytime she pops up in my feed, it's it's again it's life giving. So Alicia underscore Bachelor on IG, and you can can they also look there? Like I know sometimes you do events. Um, I know you've done a meditation and tea ceremony and things like that in in the local in North Carolina, right? That's yeah. where we met. Can people look there and find events and stuff when you have them going? 
Absolutely. Yeah. Instagram is always like a, the number one space because it's the space that I'm going to be more consistently updating and really putting out the different events mm-hmm. that I'll be doing or maybe some collaborations. It's also the easiest way for you to simply message me if you're interested in booking me for your private event or maybe you have a wedding ceremony, you want me to do readings for it, or maybe there's some um, fundraiser event and you would like for me to do readings there or come to speak about spirituality. It's also going to be where you see my own events, the tarot classes that I have teaching other people how to do tarot intuitively. I do meditation classes at different places throughout um, the Triangle area. And most recently, I'm doing the Pia Meditation Ceremony where you get to actually go through a guided visualization journey while going through a intuitive peace ceremony. So there are a lot of different things that I'm trying to offer out to the community and it'll increase this year, 2020. And Instagram is the first place. If you also want to go to abstractemergence.com, sometimes I'm updating that as well with my events, but also there's a extensive contact sheet on that platform as well. Mm-hmm. So that's abstractemergence.com? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Okay, so something fun I wanted to ask you about. In our consultation, you said something that really made my heart swirl with joy. You said the imagination is the realm of magic. And I just like, I don't know, I have meditated on that phrase since we spoke about a month ago. And it has been I don't know. I, just, I I almost like I didn't really understand what it meant when you said it. And then I've had sparks of magic come out as I'm kind of just letting my imagination soar and dreaming big and manifesting. I'll say something. I literally, I, I'll save this for another podcast, but I said, I'm going to go to Fort Lauderdale. I hear Oprah's in town tomorrow. I'm going to drive down there and I'm going to get a free ticket for Oprah I walked in and found like the first second person I asked had my ticket and it was a suite and it was and I got to I got to be there and hang out with Oprah and Lady Gaga all day long. It was really cool. In that it was almost like I I really had to let my imagination see this wild idea and then I really felt the magic carrying me there. In that process I was on Alligator Alley, and and you probably don't know Alligator Alley, but in Florida, there's this stretch of interstate, like on the way down to Fort Lauderdale and Miami area, where there are no exits, there are no, there's no gas stations, there's nothing, it's just a stretch, and next to the highway or the interstate, there are these long, uh, it's part of the Everglades, so you're driving through the swamp, and you can look out your window at any moment and see an alligator, and it's kind of cool. But that's not a place where you want to run out of gas, right? And I'm driving down because I got this great idea. I'm going to drive down and get a free ticket to Oprah. I was driving down and the odometer or the trip thing that's, you know, that shows you how much gas you have left. It like dings and it gave me like one little ding. And I saw that and I turned the trip on. It said I had five miles left. I have five miles left. Oh my gosh. I'm like, wait a second. And I was on the phone with one, uh, Pablo, our friend Pablo. Um, I was on the phone with Pablo at the time, who is also very magic. We we were talking and I'm like, okay, Pablo, I got to stop you because I uh, it says that I have five miles left. And as, as I'm watching and talking to them, it's going down three, two, one. And I'm Googling where the next gas station is. And it got to zero when Google came up and 
told me that I had 17 miles till the next gas station and my heart's pumping and I'm like, I don't understand. Why would Oprah's magic bring me this far just to run out of gas on Alligator Alley? Like, I don't understand. And can you believe, like, I'm telling you when, like, the magic was carrying me. I somehow like coasted into that gas station 17 miles away after my trips. The odometer said that I had no gas left. I don't know how I made it, but I was like, this has to be this. Like it just has to be that, that magic that comes from just letting my, just having that wild idea and letting my imagination say, I'm going to go do this. So, but I want to hear more from you. Like what you think about when you say that imagination is in the realm of magic. Yeah, I think that those great synchronicities like mm-hmm. that trip you went on are the things that made me, like, I always have this notion or this idea of magic being, like, within myself first and the things that I think and the things that I feel and the things that I believe just kind of all aligning together and vibrating at this wonderful frequency and then happening in the real world, but it was kind of aligning with that purpose or that idea and realizing that, like, we are the image of creation. We mm. are the, the visual sensory experience. We use all five of these the senses that we have to experience what we call vibration. That vibration can look like something, smell like something, and taste like something different. But it's all what we're experiencing. And so I start playing around with frequency and just remaining in an in intentional space a very mindful and intentional space and then bringing what I want and what I can allow myself the courage really to imagine for my experience, even if it felt like a wild goose chase or way out of the left field and putting myself like you did, taking inspired action, just taking the next step towards what you've imagined and really letting the universe do its part to letting things fall into place. And you would be so amazed at the consistency of following inspired action after just taking a moment to visualize and kind of put your energy into that space. Like, yes, I know that this is for me and I don't know how I'm going to get there, but I don't have to think overthink it. Like, all I have to do is see it and feel it and know it and yeah. then put myself in alignment with that course. And the next thing I know, I'm there. And it far exceeds usually what you're expectation of it could have been and that has just happened in so many different ways in my life and I decided to really realize that we teach children very young you know don't have an overactive imagination or be more serious or be more real we can't make pretend anymore don't be in the realm of make-believe but Mm. that is what every great artist and every great innovator has played around in it's that idea that goes against a lot of social norms of the time, and then they topple our society by being courageous enough to really think outside of the box, to think outside of social norms, to go with their genius, their experience of what is flowing through them, and to take that energy and its current and let it create something new. And so I've just made my lifestyle that practice of really just flowing and seeing what it is I really want for myself and also not being too attached to what that looks like, right? Because if you get too bogged down with what you think the imagination should look like, it's playfulness. That's what the imagination is, is allowing yourself the ability to just play and play pretend and allow the rest of the more concrete 
things that come on the end of manifesting kind of form themselves. Yes. Oh my gosh. It makes me want to go. Seriously, just li- just listening to you, I let my mind just wander and and I just want to go and be in that space that like you said as children we're there and it's so much fun this make believe this imaginary, you know, playful realm and then you're right, we are sort of conditioned. That's squashed as we grow older. It's it, we're conditioned to kind of put it away and and be in in the very present the very you know I don't know earthly worldly uh realm and to just get through life that way and that imagination gets set aside a lot of times and and that kind of reminds me of what you said when in in our consultation you brought up how the intuition like trusting our intuition is also something that's squashed and it seems like they're almost like they go hand in hand because not only was I dreaming big in my big adventure to go down and see Oprah, I felt like a nudge in my gut that I probably normally would have just ignored, but something was like, go do this, do this for yourself. It will be fun. And, and it was, and, and I, and I honestly, I was, I was at work on Friday and I was in the middle of just the day to day. I was putting in data entry, which is not my favorite thing. And I, and I just sat up from my computer and I looked over at my coworker and I said, you know what? I'm going to go. I I think I'm going to just leave work and drive down to Fort Lauderdale and go see Oprah. And it just like, it happened that quickly. And I, I typically would have felt that and not even said it out loud. And this time, I don't know, I just said it. And that felt like intuition. It felt like following my intuition. But again, you you mentioned when we spoke before that that's also, we're, that's socialized out of us, that trusting that gut. It is. Yeah. It's such a process of coming back into your primal senses is really coming back into your root and appealing that connection to your root and really exploring what those beginning murmurs of thought and genius is that's inside of us. Our self is always telling us things, our body's intelligence, our emotions. These are all cues. They're not things to be um, put aside or repressed in favor of thought and analytical and analytical processes and logic, they're really supposed to be working in harmony. And I found that trusting my intuition more and more has not only allowed me to make calculated risks and not to mm. play small in my life, but it's also allowed me to utilize that same sense of primal engagement and intuition and being kind of one with the natural form of creation. And it's allowed me to help other people to tap into their intuition and to use my intuitive sense of being empathetic with what it is they may be wrestling with. So a lot of my tarot readings and tarot counseling is, you know, reading the cards themselves, but also feeling the person that I'm reading for and just feeling their energy and almost being able to feel within my body what within their body is a little off. And then being able to say, you know what, when I feel that feeling, or taking a walk out in nature, or going and hanging upside down in a tree, or even just like taking two days off of social media really rebalances my energy. And sometimes it's that yeah. simple. And if our intuition continuously whispering to us, take a break, it's okay, 
relax, go out and play in nature, play for the fun of it. Everything doesn't have to be so serious. Wow. That trust of our intuitive sense, it gives us our power back. It lets us know that we can discern through life and that we can trust our instincts and we can trust our gut and we can have a spontaneous life that's not super rigorous or controlled. We're not needing to control other people because we can trust ourselves and what we feel. And it's utilizing our emotions in a way that allows us to adapt and respond to our circumstances instead of reacting to them in a controlled or forced way. That is so cool. I mean, I it it it's it resonates very well with just kind of where we're at. Even Morales is like looking at me, my producer, she's like I need, I need to talk to her. I need, so if she really wants, if she wants to book something with you, uh, how, she goes onto your Instagram and just will direct message yeah. you or something. Yeah. So there's two different ways. I always have abstractemergence.com and I'm actually working behind the scenes to create a new platform for that. But as okay. of right now, you can go to abstractemergence.com and it has all of my services listed, a little bit of information about those services, and then mm. you can book right there on the page. So she's a price breakdown and you can just set your own schedule based off of my availability. If you wanted something a little bit quicker, a little bit more intimate, you can always go onto Instagram, Alicia underscore bachelor, and you can just directly message me, DM me, say, hey, I'm interested in one of your services. You can tell me which service, or you can say, I'm not sure, and we can create a consultation that works for you. Yeah. Yeah, I felt like you definitely worked with me to, to kind of tailor our con- consultation to what, you know, I felt I needed at the time. So, okay, that's perfect. So before we wrap up, you just mentioned this idea of going back into nature or doing something playful to kind of, regain your power and reconnect with your power so let's just say like once we do that how do you protect your power like so it doesn't get so depleted so quickly i think if i have like three things quickly i could like just summarize it the first thing is you have to be able to understand that you're powerful and that you're more powerful than anything that might try to upsert or take your power away from you a lot of the times we so triggered and so bogged down by life and the will of just continuing to go, we don't have the energy to realize that we can just not give our power away. Right. Okay. Heard. What and else? And then the second thing is, let's just say you're doing everything you can to, like, release yourself from situations and people who could be draining into your power or you've been standing in your your boundaries and you've been telling people no when you mean no and you've been bathing and you've been going out in nature so you're cultivating great team great power and you're feeling very good but then people see your life and they start to want to siphon some of that for themselves or they want to try to bring your energy down and you're starting to kind of play into that give with them it's really important that you honor where you are mm. so if you have the energy to kind of play that back and forth exchange game with someone, to hear your friend vent, to be able to hold weight for whatever it is someone may be trying to take from you without that equal and honest exchange up front, then mm. you have to say to yourself, I'm here for this for the next five minutes. I'm going to give of myself generously for the next five minutes, and then I'm going to say no. So utilizing your no and knowing what wow. you're willing to give up front, knowing your power, trusting that, People aren't around you and, like, in your energy field just because they 
you know, are accidentally showing up. People want your energy and they want a piece of your light, and that's all of us. We yeah. all want a piece of what is beautiful and vibrant in our life. It's a part of creation. The sun is beautiful and warm, and we want to be a part of that. But we also have to honor other people's energy, and so we have to start to honor our own energy first. Yeah. Okay. And then the third thing is, let's just say you've been honoring your boundaries, you're saying no, you know what you can and can't give, you've been taking yourself out of situations that don't feel good for you, sometimes you also need to just cleanse your energy field. So the same way you cleanse your hands, you cleanse your body, you wash your hair, that's the physical version of us. We also have the spiritual energy version of us, right? And so sage, palo santo, mineral salt, salt bath, herbal tea. These are all things that detox and cleanse our subtle layers. And so being able to give yourself daily care, not just when you remember it or every once in a while, once a month, but being able to really say, today this is going to be the energy care that I give myself. And you can just choose one. I like to compound. I might drink two or three herbal teas, and then I might still do a sage bath. But you may choose to just um, put a little essential oil or take some herbal tinctures for the day. And that's how you cleanse your energy center. And I always say, set your intentions when you do these things. I'm taking this tincture to clear my energy field. So being in the practice of cleansing your energy is the third thing that I would say. would definitely protect your energy that I hear I hear all of those I cannot wait to go back and listen to this podcast again like almost like for myself and just meditate on your words you are such a blessing thank you so much for everything that you've given us that we can now put you know onto iTunes and SoundCloud and we can access whenever we feel we need a boost and we need to remind ourselves that we are powerful that we are allowed to continue to dream and use our imagination that we're also allowed to listen to our intuition and follow that and that as we do these things we'll we'll connect more with our internal magic and I just feel like I have so many takeaways from this I am so appreciative of you Alicia Thank you so much. Yes. It's been so great to be on your show. I really enjoyed the Dreamers Outlet and just being able to, you know, inspire and come into communication with each other. So thank you for having this place available. Yeah. I love it. Well, creators and healing artists unite, right? Um, yes. All right. Well, um, thank you guys for listening. This was the Dreamers Outlet. You have been listening to our conversation with Alicia Bachelor, and you can find her at Alicia underscore Bachelor on Instagram. You can also find her at www.abstractemergence.com.